My name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. Now my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. So I'm thrilled to have Liv Conlon with me this morning on the podcast. Now, what a woman Liv is for one woman. She was recognized with the UK Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2019. She has built lots of different businesses, but actually built a £1 million brand in her teens. And she now helps entrepreneurs to raise their profile. She's a book coming out in February. Love the title. It's called Too Big for Your Boots. So can't wait to hear more about that. She's absolutely stunningly beautiful. In front of me now, Liv, welcome to the show. Tell me, whereabouts in the world are you this morning? Hey, Angela. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks for that amazing introduction. I am currently in Marbella, which isn't too bad, especially because, you know, it's winter and the sun is shining. So I cannot complain. That is what is contributing to your shine this morning, isn't it? All of that gorgeous sunshine. Yeah, I mean, I definitely put my tan down to that. If if you could say I've got one. You do. You look fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. And there is so much that I want to ask you today because what an inspiration in terms of all of the achievements that you've had in such a short space of time. Talk about being a role model for teenagers and young people, and indeed anybody who wants to set up a business from scratch. So we always start this podcast with what I call the shake your pom-poms moment. And I'd love it if you could kind of dig into those achievements and just share with us your top three proudest moments, first of all. Oh, wow. I love that. Shake your pom-poms. That's awesome. I, <laughs> that's such. I'm going to probably do that every morning when I wake <laughs> up now. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been quite a journey for me starting my business at 16 to then hitting the million pound mark at 19. I mean, it wasn't something that I had specifically visioned was going to happen. I didn't realize I'd have that success in such a short space of time. So a lot of different things happened. I have to say probably my proudest moment has been not what I would expect it to be, but taking my mom on as like sort of a business partner. So when I was 18, my mom left her business to join my business. And then we worked together every day for the past four years. So that was definitely one of those moments that felt a bit surreal. We have like such a good time every day. So yeah, it's definitely that. And then a close second would definitely be winning the UK Entrepreneur of the Year. Again, it was totally unexpected when they called out my name. I was like, you must have the wrong person here. Look, me. <laughs> so yeah. And although we'd like had quite a lot of success with awards, that felt like sort of the icing on the top of the cake. And 
And I guess it was like just the culmination of like years and years of hard work, 18 hour days. So many times I wanted to give up. So that was kind of just that, that final moment of I've actually made it. And then my third moment has to be going to Downing Street, which again, I thought like it was a, some sort of, I don't know, fraud asking me to come. I was like, I don't know if this is real. I don't know if this is a real message from the prime minister. <laughs> Should I really be going? And then I confirmed that it was all legit. <laughs> and then I went there. So yeah, there's been three big moments. Wow. Those are some moments as well. I mean, working with your mum every day. Tell me about that. Because most people at kind of their teenage years are desperate to get away from their mums. How does that work? I mean, to be honest, it works so well. So my mum was always like my biggest inspiration in terms of becoming a businesswoman. She had her own business. She was like training other people in customer service. And I used to like skip school all the time and go away with her on like business trips because it was just I was just obsessed. Like I loved everything about business. I hated everything about school. So even like as a, a younger person, I spent a lot of time with her. And then when she joined my business, obviously it was a little bit strange because roles were reversed. It was something I was building and she was becoming a part of it. But, you know, one of the best things about her is she's totally just let me sort of run with it and she's there to support me. So she does really like, I think we work really well together because she brings a slightly older, more mature perspective. And I bring like the youthfulness, the marketing, the social media. So yeah, it's a great partnership. No, that's really lovely to hear. And when you talk about being 16 and sort of starting this business, most people at 16 are leaving school, taking the decision probably to go on to further education. What was it that really, well, you've talked about your mum, but what else was it that sparked your interest in you know, this is the direction that I want to take because it's such a brave decision. Yeah, I think some of us have something inside us that doesn't react very well to being, I guess, managed or being controlled. And even like as a really young child, I hated being told what to do. I was very, very independent. Everything that I was asked to do, I'd say I'll do it myself. And I think that just continued through school. I didn't enjoy school particularly because I was bullied really badly. But also I didn't like being told like sort of where to be, when to be there, what to wear. I was just, I've been almost very independent and wanted to be different and I have been different. So I think from a really early age, I knew that I couldn't have a boss. Like I just couldn't have someone controlling my life. And I started my very first business at 13. I was selling things on, importing things from China and selling them on eBay. So it's just, it's just always been there for me, like working for someone else. I've never done it and it's never been in my my DNA. Okay, that's really inspirational to hear, particularly, I think, for kids who don't want to go to uni and feel that that's the only route. What you're demonstrating is that there is another way. And if you're brave enough, you can take that. So it's really inspirational. And you talked about the 18-hour days because there's this kind of fallacy out there, and maybe you do this now, but this kind of four-hour working week and you know you can become an entrepreneur and put very little time into it and the money comes rolling in but that might be true down the line but in those starting years it's hard work and you said that there were lots of times when you wanted to give up so how did you keep going at those times when you were hitting the wall 
Yeah, I mean, I think I totally agree with you there, Angela. I think there's like a sort of Pinterest-worthy feed Instagram thing going on where it's like this sexy thing to be an entrepreneur and you're sitting in all these amazing little cafes on your laptop drinking margaritas. <laughs> and to be honest, it's still, there is a little element of that for me, but it's not, it's still, I still work really hard and I wake up at 4am every day and I still put in the hours to make things a success. I think for me, when I hit those moments of like, you know, having done an 18 hour day and then still having a six hour drive because what I'd done was very physical. It was home staging. I was often up and down the country. And yeah, there was those days I just wanted to like give it all up and just say, right, that's enough. I'll just go and do something that's much easier than this. Because entrepreneurship isn't an easy path at all. It's probably the most challenging one to be responsible for other people and yourself. I guess in those moments for me, I always just connected back with why I was doing it. And the why I was doing it was because really it was one, it was no option for me, but two, I had this real mission that what I was doing was the right thing for me and that this was a life that I wanted to create, not only for myself, but also for like the future, my future family. And that overall, that once I hit those goals where I wanted to get to, I could now be in the position that I'm in now that I can inspire others to do the same. So I think it's important in those those times as well, not asking yourself, like, why is this happening to me? But why is it happening for me? Um, and I think it's just having that totally positive mindset where you look at everything and you sort of shift your perspective from the negative to the positive. Yeah, I like that, that reframe. So why is it happening for me? Yeah, definitely. Everybody write that one down. We like that one a lot. Yeah. And you mentioned in their goals and you said, I get to the goal, I hit the goal. That can often be kind of a turning point for people where I've reached the pinnacle that I expected of myself and then almost lose the momentum because there's nothing then to work for. So how do you keep up that momentum and keep moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I've 100% been that person as well. Like I've hit the goal. I've thought that that's the be all and end all. And then I've hit a real low. Like actually, (laughs) this isn't all I thought it would like live up to be. So I've been there as well. And I think when you get to that point, you start to look at what really is important. And I think for me, I have been a little bit too goal orientated in terms of actually enjoy the process. Like the journey, the process is really enjoyable. And you enjoy the small moments. Like sometimes I now crave those 18 hour days where it was in the hustle, where it was the struggle because there was something you're really like working towards. So I would say that if you are someone who's working on business goals or career goals, also have some personal goals that you also have alongside that as well. Because I think for so long, I was like 90% work and then 10% personal (laughs) life. And I think that's why when I hit that goal, I looked around a lot of the time and realized I didn't have the friends and the family because I hadn't spent the time with them for them to be there. So I think it's sort of remembering what is important to go alongside with it. Yeah, and I think... If you are a successful person, when you do hit a goal, there's always another mountain to climb. But I think it's also taking the time to enjoy and live in that moment of winning the award or being invited to the place you've always wanted to go, interviewing your dream person. Like, Take a few days and just just live in that moment because I've often too quickly just moved on past it. I think so many people do that, me included. It's that kind of feel the high for five minutes and then write what's next. Got to yeah. keep striving. Got to keep striving. So that's great advice. Yeah, we were just we were just talking about your book before this, and you're like, yeah, just hit bestseller, whatever. 
it is a bit like that and that yeah. kind of flatness that comes after a great achievement yeah you've got to kind of help yourself to I call it kind of day two after the wedding yeah ah like, oh. <laughs> or if you've been to like a really really good concert and then the next day or a great holiday and then you're just kind of low after it I feel yeah there's definitely that so Downing Street you know you said oh my goodness was it real and you find out that the letter is real you know check the watermark and everything you rock up at Downing Street how on earth do you cope in that environment just kind of talk us through the process yeah I mean the funny thing was I was actually invited because I'm Scottish because of my achievements and it was actually Robbie Burns night so I was actually asked to do one of the toasts in front of everybody and it's like pure Scottish language and it's about three minutes long and I had to stand right next to the prime minister at the time and say it so and they asked me the night before and I'd never said this speech in my life (laughs) so that was it was quite a lot of pressure but yeah I think I just took it in my stride I enjoyed it it's not a room obviously that I'm used to being in at all politics is very different as is the government that were that are in at the time they're not my political views either so it was quite challenging in a way to to sort of just enter into a totally different world but I did just try and see it for what it was and and enjoy the moment and see what's behind the door because when do you ever get to see that? Absolutely. What is behind the door? Tell us. Well, there is like a big, I think it's like a big hallway and then there's a big staircase that went up to where we were. But they also have this like cool, what would you call it? Like dresser and you need to leave your phone in it. So like you weren't allowed to take any photos. You weren't allowed to text anyone. So it did feel very like, very secret and VIP. But did you see the Love Actually staircase? Is that a real thing? Yes. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> now, talking about challenges, you have written a book and you've just said to me that you wrote a book in a week, which I just find astounding. And the title just makes me smile. Too big for your boots. Talk about the inspiration for the title, first of all. Yeah, well, again, it's another interesting story. So I was running a charity event in London and I got invited onto the BBC to talk about it. And that night I had a sort of business event that was in the property industry. And I just came out of the interview. I got changed in the bathroom to go to this like ball gown event. And when I was in the lift, someone approached me and said, oh, you're Liv, right? And I was like, yeah, nice to meet you. How are you? And she went, oh, I've heard of you and I've seen you. I'm just you remember, don't get too big for your boots. This total stranger who I didn't know. Yeah. And it just, I guess it just sort of took me like, it took me by shock and I didn't expect it. But I mean, I've had that said to me so many different points throughout my career, being a a female, a young female who's doing really well, successfully building a business. I think a lot of people think either that, you know, I'm not going to keep my feet firmly planted on the ground or that you know, I should not shine my light too brightly. It's making other people feel uncomfortable. And basically, I should just remember where I came from. And I thought, that is so interesting that that's what's been put on people, or especially women, I think, in this sort of current age. We just shouldn't be too successful. So that's really where the inspiration for the book came from, because obviously I champion the complete opposite. I love to see another woman absolutely smashing it at what they're doing. And talk about feedback being a gift because that is such a compelling title for a book. So, you know, I'm sure that woman's intention wasn't overly positive, (laughs) but she did you a favor. 
yeah it's about that perspective shift isn't it instead of getting really down and thinking well that was a really nasty thing for someone to say I'm so grateful that that woman said that to me because when I was brainstorming the name for the book it was actually one of my coaches that said like what statement would it be that sums up who you are and what you've done and it was just like instantly I was like that moment in the lift was such like a turning point for me that I don't know about you but when someone says to me like you can't do something or like you're not going to be able to achieve this. It just makes me want to do it even more. So when someone yeah, says absolutely. like, stop shining, I'm just like, I'm just going <laughs> to shine brighter. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love that about you. And tell us about this book then. Who's it written for? Who's it going to inspire? So it's been written, basically I wrote it with a young entrepreneur in mind, someone, you know, age 16 to 30 that's looking to start a business. However, Mark Randolph, the co-founder of Netflix, actually wrote the foreword for the book, which is just, again, something that's like, (laughs) pinch me, did that actually happen? And he said that this book is perfect for literally anyone who has a business or is looking to move up the career ladder because what I cover is a lot of personal story. I talk a lot about mindset, the fact that I was bullied, how I really used that to my advantage and it shaped who I was. But then it's also got so much practical business advice there of how to take an idea from a light bulb moment to a seven-figure brand. So it's a bit of a mixture of journey and some real, real practical business advice. And tell me, how do you get somebody like that to write the forward for your book? I mean, that's just, (laughs) you throw that name in, you know, like he's your best mate. It's incredible. (laughs) Well, again, so my brother actually works with me and he is my podcast manager. And when he told me that he'd reached out to Mark to be on the podcast as a guest, I was just like laughing. I was like, Jack, he will not even reply to the email. Like, what have you done? And then he did. He came on the podcast and I interviewed him about his journey. And then at the end of the podcast, I'd agreed with my team that I was going to ask him to write the (laughs) foreword. And I've honestly never been so scared to ask for anything in my life. I think I was actually shaken. And I was like, Mark, can I ask you something? (laughs) He was like, sure, what is it? I was like, would you write the foreword to the book? And he said, yeah, no problem. I'd love to inspire some young people. He does a lot to give back to young entrepreneurs and inspiring like the younger generation to start businesses. So he wrote it. And I guess that's what I should have put down as one of my proudest moments. Like when I read that foreword, it's so powerful and it's just, it blows your mind. So purple. What does that mean? Purple. Yeah, what does that mean? I don't know. So purple. Is that what you just said? Powerful, sorry. Powerful. I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking you were doing what my son and daughter does, which is throw these words in that as a 43-year-old woman, I haven't got a clue what they're talking about. <laughs> oh and my god, go, it's just my Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> powerful, I know that word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love wow. moments like this in the podcast I mean I still need to work on this accent make it a bit more understandable but yeah powerful I need to work out the way I say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's my deep listening but maybe we could you know change this now so purple is kind of a way to describe your book I love that so the, I mean this guy writes the foreword it's incredible you've been published and the book is out in February yeah And is this going to be sort of Amazon, bookstores, the whole shebang? Yeah, we're doing the whole thing. It's going to be paperback. It's going to be Amazon. We've got a massive launch plan. Like 
one of the things that we're going to do as well, like in 2021, I want to impact 1 million young people's lives by, you know, speaking to them about entrepreneurship and really choosing a different path. So yeah, it's, it's tied up in a whole mission of, I guess what I feel has been my life mission. This book feels like the book that, that I've always had today. And I think that's why I wrote it so quickly. And, you know, one of my favorite things that I've ever heard was actually from Daniel Priestley. And he said, you know, that the book that changes your life is the one you write. Do you feel that as well, Angela? Oh, definitely. My first book, Enough, was the one that really changed my life. That led to me leaving corporate and setting up my business and and just totally changing everything. So, yeah, I think you've nailed it there. It's, you know, absolutely spot on. And, oh, oh gosh, there's just so much that I want to ask you. I'd love to know more about adversity. So you talked about bullying and, and what you said was, you know, I now use that to my advantage. So talk to me about how that shaped you and the lessons that you've learned from that. Yeah. So when I was in both primary and like my secondary school as a teenager, one of the the things that happened was I was I was bullied because I was quite good at what I was quite good at most subjects. And it's really the same sort of subject that's that's ran through or the same theme that's ran through my career as well. That I was quite loud. I didn't really hide that I was good at things. I didn't hide my light. And I've always just been like unapologetically me. I've never been able to hide it. And I've never been able to compromise who I am for anyone else. And because of that, people didn't like it. And some people took offense to it, mainly actually other females. And in my final year of school, I actually moved school for my last year because it just got too much that I was in a dark place of I didn't really see the point then going on any further. I was just like, what else am I going to do? Like, literally, I felt so alone that no one, no one actually liked me. And I hadn't spoken to anyone about it either at the time until I told my parents and, and things got better from there. So speaking about it for me was very, very powerful. But I guess for me, one of the things that I now look back on is I'm really grateful for that experience because I think you know, sometimes I love the saying like your mess becomes your message. And now I really love to work with people that must say that most successful people have overcome some sort of adversity. And actually adversity has a 70% positive influence on you if that's the way you choose to look at it. In terms of I can now totally identify what was going on that I was making other people feel insecure about themselves. I can now spot that further on in life like now. And yeah, I think it just made me so, so determined to prove these people wrong that, you know, I wasn't just someone that was that. I was going to be something more. So I guess that's that's kind of how it pushed me and it became my driving factor. Oh, that's really good to hear. And it's interesting, the whole thing around bullies and obviously we've got trolls now as well online. You're right in terms of that you're holding the mirror up and it's their insecurities that they're projecting. And I did a bit of work when I was being trolled really badly in 2017 at the height of my weight loss journey. I used to contact the trolls, which I know everybody advises you don't do, but I used to contact them and find out why they were doing it. And more often than not, that was the story that would come back. So I would have triggered them in some way. Yeah. And actually, some of those people are now clients of mine in one coaching environment. So I think this idea of kind of understanding that that's the driver and then almost smothering them with kindness, you know, and and giving as much as you can back to those people who 
are nasty and mean is a really nice way of neutralizing the whole thing because unless you're a psychopath most people have positive intent don't they yeah absolutely and I think that's I think that's the thing the way that you need to look at it for example that woman in the left I changed their perspective on that it's now hopefully going to be a big part of my brand and then so many people ask me on interviews like have you met the people that bullied you at school and what did you do and I have met them just sort of from where I live back home And to be honest, I don't feel anything negative towards them. If anything, I feel positivity towards them. I feel sorry or I feel bad for them that that's how they had to behave at that point. But yeah, I think it does. It shows you that you hold a mirror up to this person. But to be honest, you need to hold a mirror up to yourself as well and say, how am I reacting to it? And if I react positively, it's only going to impact them positively. So no, I'm grateful to those people. I really don't know if I'd have the fire and my stomach without them. Absolutely. Oh, you're just like inspiration personified. It's, it's so <laughs> lovely speaking to you. And, you know, you are young and yet you have this maturity, you know, driven by your experiences that it's like talking to, you know, a very fresh 40 year old woman. It's, it's yes. just inspiring. And you talk about your mindset, you talk about positivity, and how do you make sure that you lead with that more often than not? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a daily practice. I'm not perfect. And yeah, I still do have like, I will get upset if like a client or someone had had all positive intentions, like it will still affect me. But I think what I've so improved on is like the reaction time. So if I do feel a little bit down, it will be for a couple of minutes and then I bring it back. So yes. yeah, I will still allow myself to be human and feel like the impact of someone commenting something that's nasty that might actually feed into one of my insecurities. But I guess it's that bounce back time that it used to maybe be a couple of days, whereas it's now a couple of minutes and I'm back on it. I'm like, live, stop it. Let's move on. Because for every everything in your life that's a little bit negative, there's so much more that's positive to focus on. And I think it's, you know, where focus goes, energy flows. And I think it's, yeah, why would you choose to actually focus on the negative when there's probably a 99% chunk that's really positive? Oh, that's brilliant. Brilliant. And people tend to go to that one negative. I know that's one of my go-tos, you know, so always see the negative amongst the, the positives, but actually making yourself switch that is where the power is. Or what the purple is, should we say that? Yeah, the purple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Loving that. <laughs> now, I am absolutely shocking at social media. And you are brilliant at it. And you help people to raise their profiles. So talk to us about the things that we can do to raise our profile in a social media space. Yeah, so I'd say that obviously there are so many different strategies, but the real power in being able to leverage your brand on any of these different platforms, whether it be social media, getting on podcast interviews, being in the press, which I've done really well in all those different areas. But the real secret to it for me was sharing my story. And, you know, I always think it sounds a little bit cliche, but actually only when you start to show up transparently and sharing your journey is why people will connect with you. So if you're offering a service, such as, you know, my main business is homestaging, there's thousands of other homestagers in the world that haven't had the same success as me. But why is that? It's because they focused on a service or a product 
and they've actually not focused on sharing themselves with the world because the only thing that separates me and someone else is my story and why I do what I do. And, and it's that saying, you know, people buy people, people buy why you do it, not what you do. And I think if you shift that perspective to you or your own USP, that's so, so important. And I love to shift the saying of USP from unique selling point to your underdog story proclaimed. Because really the thing that's interesting about everybody's story, as we've been speaking about, is the adversity they've overcame Mm. and how they've came from an unexpected position. So when you start to actually profess and proclaim that story, claim it as your own, that's when you'll see a massive shift in your social media and your sales as well, because people are going to be connecting with you and not just the actual product you sell. That's so interesting because there's a school of thought out there in terms of marketing that, you know, the consumer doesn't want to hear about you. It's not about you. Stop talking about you and just tell them what they're going to get. And actually what you're saying is the story and who you are is a big component of being able to sell your services or your products by letting people know that you're human and, you know, all the challenges that you've overcome. So what do you think about those two different schools of thought? Yeah, I think it's interesting because you're totally right. You are meant to make it about the client and the customer. But the only way that you'll ever connect with someone is finding some sort of place where they can resonate with you. And when you share things about your life and your your background and your story, that is what real brand building is. And it's why like all the biggest brands in the world, we know Virgin... But, you know, Richard Branson has tens of millions of followers and Virgin doesn't because people know Richard Branson. We think about Apple, we think about Steve Jobs. We don't really connect with a brand or a product. We connect with the humans behind it. And every single brand in the world has a one particular human behind it, or at least a team of people. So I think it's sharing your story from a point of trying to educate others, inspire others, empower others. It's not a sort of all listen to my sob story. It's just so I'm here (laughs) to like indulge myself. But I'm actually telling you this so that you can learn something from it or it can empower you to go on and make a decision. Oh, really, really powerful stuff. Do you fancy playing a game, Liv? Yeah, go for it. This is interesting. (laughs) So we're going to play my daughter's favorite game. She's 10 years old and there's a game called the five second game rule. And that means that you have five seconds to give me three answers to a question. Okay. (laughs) So let's have a go at this. So Liv, in the five second game rule, can you give me three things that make you happy? Okay. Margaritas, sun, and my dog. (laughs) Margaritas. (laughs) I love how that that came before the dog. That is so bad. (laughs) And what dog have you got? I've got a Belgian Shepherd called Kevin. Oh, (laughs) what a great name for a dog. I love that. It's such a human name. Like any dog (laughs) I will ever get in the future will have a completely human name. Like my next names on my list are like Vinny, Donna, or Mike. (laughs) (laughs) And when you're in the park and you're calling Kevin, there's like five men all turn around at once. (laughs) Yeah, well, I was like, I was explaining what Kevin done one day and I was like to my friend, yeah, Kevin completely like ripped open a cushion the other night. And she's like, is this a new guy that you're seeing? And I was like, <laughs> no, no, it's just, it's my new dog. <laughs> Brilliant. Let's do another one because you're good at this. So let's do in the five second game rule. Can you give me 
three things that you like to do to relax. Okay, read, play guitar and swim. Oh, play guitar. Yeah, so I play guitar and also play the banjo and I sing and I songwrite. So that's sort of like, if I wasn't going to go into business, I was going to go into the music industry. But I just thought my chances were probably better in business. Oh my God, is there anything you can't do? Well, I can't play the piano yet, so I'm trying to learn that. And I also like cannot ice skate. Like that's just never going to be one of my talents. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> I do not have the balance or any form of coordination to do that. <laughs> and I'm always kind of with the hands out waiting to fall over. It's not a good look. Okay. Are you ready for the killer question? Yeah. So this is kind of the one that everybody hangs on to and it's different every time, which I love. So in your view, what's the absolute secret to success? Hard work, consistency and taking action. Oh, no, that just like fell off the tip of your tongue that. So let's just break that down. Hard work, consistency and taking action. So talk to me just briefly about consistency, because for me, that's probably the challenging one in all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I think consistency is one of the most challenging ones because, you know, it takes a while to form a habit or be able to do something consistently without losing focus or getting bored or getting distracted. But for me, like I will determine my success if I've showed up consistently every day. It's not about coming to work every day, sitting at your desk and like creating million dollar deals. It's about doing like a 1% increase every day. So if I have moved the business on or improved myself 1% every day, if you think about every single day of the year, 365% you're increasing. If you're increasing your sales by that, then your business is just going to be totally insane. So I think it's consistently showing up. And I always call it hitting singles. So it can even be like hitting singles with like a tennis ball and a bat. It's really, really boring at times. But as long as every time you keep hitting it back over the net again and again and again, that's going to accumulate to be something that actually turns into something quite spectacular and big. So it's those marginal gains. And when we think about that mountain that we talked about in terms of the goals, it's not about getting to the top in one day. It's just about taking a few steps forward. Yeah. And it's putting things in bite-sized chunks. And I've walked up a few mountains, like literally. And the whole thing you keep saying to yourself when you walk up a mountain is step at a time, just the next step, the next step, the next step. If you think about the next five hours that you've got to keep climbing, (laughs) you're just like, you you will just turn around and go back. And it's the same in business. When I think about, you know, when I tell people about built in a million pound business, for some people, that's not even tangible. They can't imagine it. Mm -hmm. And if you said that to me to do another business like that, I would also feel a bit overwhelmed. But if I think about the first hundred pounds, 2000 pounds, 5,000 pounds, then I can put in different tasks and things I need to do daily to reach that. So I think it's not only doing it consistently, but it's also putting it into bite-sized chunks. Yeah, love a bite-sized chunk. And as you say, as number three, take action. My favorite saying is nothing happens by osmosis. So you get the idea that light bulb you talked about right at the beginning. You've got to get up and make it happen. Yeah. And I think coaching people as well, like I, I think I take advantage or take for granted that I take action pretty much every day I get out of bed. But actually one of the things that, that holds us back most is, is being able to take that action. And I'm sure Angela, you're a fan of Mel Robbins and she talks about the actual five second rule 
yes. where we get an idea and then we've got five seconds to act on it before our brain starts to sort of hold us back from it and protect us from it because you know our brains aren't designed to do the uncomfortable to put us in danger so I think the thing about action is you cannot wait around you cannot let your brain get in the way and you can't let any other outside factors so literally when I do get an idea I'm totally with that five second rule that you must act on it right there and then yeah I love that and I do love Mel Robbins her five second rule is one of the things that gets me out of bed on those dark mornings do you do the countdown as well like five oh, I four do. And, three. <laughs> and then lunch out of bed yep and imagine her rocket as she describes it <laughs> <laughs> love it so the secret of success according to Liv Conlon is hard work consistency and taking action you have been a wonderful guest I think your maturity is incredible and you're just a bucket of inspiration that's how I'm going to describe you today oh well thank you so much and thank you for having me it's been such a fun interview and yeah I'm loving I'm loving the questions and and the conversation It's, it's amazing no it's been wonderful and what have you got planned for the rest of the day So for the day, I actually am hosting a challenge over the next five days for 1,200 women to launch home staging businesses. So at 8 p.m. tonight, I have the third day of content to do live. But I'm coming up against a real issue because I usually go to bed at like half eight and I need to stay up now. (laughs) (laughs) Bed at half eight, up at four o'clock in the morning, but not tonight. You'll have to rely on margaritas. Exactly. I mean, I'm such like an 80 year old woman at heart, really. What 22 year old goes to bed at 8.30 p.m.? <laughs> the ones that get up at four. Most of them rock to bed at four o'clock, don't they? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck tonight with your day three of your program. And we're recording this before Christmas. It'll go out afterwards, but have a lovely Christmas with your family. And let's keep in touch. You're an absolute joy. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Angela. And I'll need to get you on our podcast as well. I'll get Jack to reach out to you. Oh, please do. I'd love that. (laughs) Yes. And I can be in the interviewer seat. Yes. Love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk. Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.